for many of our white brothers, Dr. King said, have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny, and they have come to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. saw more than the immediate struggles before him. Dr. King saw more than the people he was preaching to and the hope he was rallying around. King saw more than the laws that needed to be passed and the lawmakers who needed to be transformed. He saw the whole of our lives and of the promise of humanity. He saw the dignity of our being and the need to come to that knowing. Right before his death in April of 1968, he assured people of the sacred truth of his vision. I've been to the mountaintop, he said. I've seen the promised land. And what is that promised land? It's a land where mutual dignity is the cherished reality and individual thriving is a shared vision. It is a land where joy-filled cooperation is the way of things. Dr. King saw this possibility. He believed in its incremental expansion into the hearts and souls of Americans and indeed the world. His surety came from a trust, a deep primordial trust in the universe and the nature of humanity which springs from that. How long? Not long, because the arm of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. This phrase, often attributed to Martin Luther King Jr., even stitched in a rug for the Oval Office, came originally from a Unitarian minister and abolitionist of the 19th century, Reverend Theodore Parker. In a way, we can see that arm of the moral universe revealing its tendency toward justice because Parker spoke of the abolition of slavery, and Dr. King, whose ancestors were slaves, continued that reach for racial justice, keeping this cosmic vision alive. In Reverend Parker's sermon printed in 1857, entitled, Of Justice and the Conscience, he writes, I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. The ark is a long one. My eye reaches but little ways. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by the experience of sight. I can divine it by conscience. But from what I see, I am sure it bends toward justice. Things refused to be mismanaged long. Jefferson trembled when he thought of slavery and remembered that God is just. Ere long, all America will tremble. End quote. Parker, too, trusted in a natural reconciliation toward cosmic harmony. Things refuse to be mismanaged long, he said. How long, came Dr. King's echo, not long. Though it sure does feel like long to many, sure does feel long in ways that I couldn't possibly know, being given so much from the privileged side of racial politics. There's still inequality and toxic bias, there's still police brutality and widespread distrust of law enforcement, casting a wide shadow even on officers who do intend to keep the peace and enforce equality. 
There's still imbalance and immoral abuses of power. There's still intentional blocking of opportunity and unintentional use of privilege. The long arm of the moral universe has a time beyond our own, which makes it hard to believe in, hard to carry on when things seem bleak before us. And yet this faith has moved mountains. Dr. King, in his book, A Stride Toward Freedom, describing the Montgomery bus boycott, wrote of a moment when he saw evidence of an eventual justice-centered world. On the first day of the boycott, he and his wife Coretta watched from their house as several buses rode by with no African-Americans riding on them. King then went in his car to see if this was true in all of Birmingham. He wrote, by this time I was jubilant. Instead of the 60% cooperation we had hoped for, it was becoming apparent that we had reached almost 100%. A miracle had taken place. The once dormant and quiescent Negro community was now fully awake. End quote. This was an endeavor of up to 50,000 African Americans and hundreds of white allies over a year's boycott to send the moral message of equal treatment. This way of seeing is faith-based. It takes a deep and abiding trust but it's also instinctual when we tap into our inborn truth. Robert Fuller, physicist and world-renowned advocate of the politics of dignity in social justice, defends the vision of the moral arc of the universe bending toward justice. He talks about relational power with a historical view and contends that predatory behavior, which leads to war, slavery, oppression, and exploitation, is less powerful in the long run than cooperative behavior. Predatory behavior weakens morale, hinders loyalty, and unhinges solidarity. Eventually, there is no strongly knit community, and so it cannot withstand the power of those with a strong social bond inspired by a sense of dignity for self and others. Over time, Cooperative communities outlive or become more powerful in purpose and resources than predatory, unjust communities. Look at the recent news in France, just a, a glimpse of that. 3.7 million people in one day across the entire country held peaceful demonstrations, unity walks, unified against violence and for freedom after Islamic terrorists murdered 17 people at the magazine Charlie Hebdo. Je suis Charlie was, a, was one of the signs, I am Charlie. And another sign was, I am not afraid. Millions cooperating to outlive predatory behavior. Dr. King on the steps of the capital of Alabama in 1965 our aim must never be to defeat or humiliate the white man, but to win his friendship and understanding. We must come to see that the end we seek is a society at peace with itself, a society that can live with its conscience. And that will be a day not of the white man, not of the black man. That will be a day of man as man. 
Tactics used in nonviolent protests are geared toward unhinging predatory tendencies while drawing out our inborn truth of dignity. Dignity is a sense, a knowing of what cosmic harmony feels like. The speech on the steps of Montgomery in 1965 was given after a five-day march from Selma to Montgomery. It began on March 21st with 3,200 marchers and surged by the steps of the Capitol building to 25,000 on March 25th. This was basically the third attempt at this walking protest. The first was on March 7th, inspired in part by the brutal murder of Jimmy Lee Jackson by a member of the Alabama National Guard. About 600 people began a march from Selma to Montgomery to end discrimination in voter registration. This was led by John Lewis and Hosea Williams. At the Edmund Pettus Bridge, state and local law folk attacked the marchers with billy clubs and tear gas, driving them back to Selma. This was recorded on film and aired on national television that evening. Inborn dignity rose within thousands across the nation as they saw the predatory brutality against peaceful marchers. This day became known as Bloody Sunday. King sent telegrams and made public statements calling religious leaders to another nonviolent march that Tuesday, March 9th. Many activists came, including scores of Unitarian ministers, to march to the Edmund Pettus Bridge, kneel and pray. After the prayer, some 2,000 protesters turned back toward Selma. It was a spontaneous decision that King made and that some criticized. But the show of restraint, King's decision not to defy the authorities blocking the bridge, inspired President Johnson's public statement. Americans everywhere join in deploring the brutality with which a number of Negro citizens of Alabama were treated when they sought to dramatize their deep and sincere interest in attaining the precious right to vote, end quote. That evening, March 9th, Reverend James Reeb, a white Unitarian minister from Massachusetts, was beaten by a gang of white men. He died two days later of the injuries. A third march, this time completing the five-day, 50-mile trek, brought national attention and a surge of hope in that moral arc of the universe. Another Unitarian activist was killed while driving protesters to the airport when it was over. Viola Luizzo, 39-year-old mother of five from Detroit, was shot by Ku Klux Klan members. One aspect of the grander vision of justice is the sadness that many who live for this harmony die before seeing it. It's a love of justice deep within that compels them, a love and strength that is basically saving us all. Human progress is neither automatic nor inevitable, King wrote. Every step toward the goal of justice requires sacrifice, suffering, and struggle. The tireless exertions and passionate concern of dedicated individuals. End quote. Reverend Mark Morrison Reed, a Unitarian, African-American Unitarian minister, retired now, so he's writing. 
he wrote a book, The Selma Awakening, which is how the civil rights movement tested and changed Unitarian Universalism. And I'm going to be reading this this month, and I invite anyone else who wants to read it with me so that we have <coughs> read it by Bloody Sunday, March 7th. There is a whole um, movement amongst Unitarian Universalist Association to have people come down to Selma this year for the 50th anniversary. And I can give you, we've given you information about it, but I can give it to you again. But if anybody's interested in reading this with me, come see me after the service. When we speak of the movement toward justice, it's important to keep in mind that we're not the center of the universe. Our consciousness gives us the privilege of choice. We can either choose to develop our wisdom toward dignity or squander this gift of life in predatory behavior. Justice will, in the end, prevail. That may not mean humans stay in the equation. Equal being, harmonious life will find a way to come to fruition. If we can't break our predatory behavior, we'll die out faster than necessary. Let's be a part of the moral arc of the universe. Let's give our children and their children's children a chance to live fully and joyfully in this world, each claiming of dignity our own and that of another bends our hearts toward justice and so our resonance with the wisdom of existence. What an incredible gift of seeing we have been given by visionaries like Martin Luther King Jr. May we always heed their life's work of bringing us closer to the promised land. Amen.